Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. You know, one of the things that makes Greenlight Guru unique is our what we call our Guru Edge. And more specifically, we have a whole team of people, medical device gurus, who have a ton of industry experience prior to joining Greenlight Guru. And I thought we would try something a little bit different on the Global Medical Device Podcast. I thought we would feature some of our gurus and let you know a little bit about who they are and their background and how they work with customers and medical device companies all over the globe. So enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. Going to continue the stories of our gurus, going to introduce you to another one of our medical device gurus. This time it's Wade Schroeder joining us. Wade, welcome. Hey, John. Thank you. Yeah, excited to be here today. So for folks that may not know you, Wade, you are, I mean this with all sincerity, you are always seem to be the happiest person in the world. And I appreciate that about you. If something challenging that I'm dealing with, I can just pick up the phone and call you and say, hey, Wade, and you know, instantly I feel better. So thank you for that. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, so, but, I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so before I guess we we dive in to learn a lot more about you know what makes you tick and what you enjoy about being a medical device guru at Greenlight. First, and I know this is you're a very modest person, and I also appreciate that about you. But tell folks a little bit about your background and, and your history in the med device. Oh yeah, absolutely. Happy to do that. My background in med device is essentially my whole background because I've been in med device pretty much since day one. When I graduated high school, I actually was lucky enough to get a scholarship with through a company close by to where I lived. They gave me a good scholarship through college, and with that, I had to slash got to work with them all through college as well. So I started out on the production floor. And this is a med device company, by the way. Started out on the production floor, you know, got to know all that, that that first summer and then slowly worked my way up, you know, as an engineer in production, then got to go into new product development for the last couple of years. And then I worked with them for a few years at a school. Through school, my trade was electrical engineer. And I actually ended up getting a master's they had a, a one-year program to get a master's and the company that I was working for helped pay for it. So I was like, you know, why not? Um, so got my master's in electrical engineer as well and wow. uh, stayed with that company for a while and then moved over here about, what, four years ago now. That was in Ohio, born and raised in Ohio, OH. <laughs> and... Uh, then came over here to Indianapolis and worked for a company over here for, I guess that was four years ago, worked for them for quite a few years in the IVD side of things and got to get more involved in the product development, helping them streamline product development processes and write a new product development procedures and you know what stages we're going to go through and all that different stuff. 
and then yeah, that eventually led me to green lights. So cool. all med device, that's all I am. <laughs> all right. Well, sa- same. I had an opportunity to go work at a potato chip factory out of uh, college. Don't like potato chips. Didn't want to move to Iowa. So <laughs> I, I went to med device. And, and as they say, the rest is history. So that's interesting. I didn't know about your experience right out of high school, knowing roughly where you're from. I, one of the first, when I started my consulting practice back in, in the early 2000s, I did some work for a medical device company in Vandalia. So maybe it's one and the same. So, Yeah, a little, little ways away from yeah. Vandalia, but okay. I'm sure I've worked with that company as well. <laughs> it was an interesting time for sure. All right, well, let's dive in. Let's learn more about you know what you do, how you help customers, uh, medical device companies, and what, what's enjoyable about that. I guess that's really a first question I have for you. What do you enjoy most about being a medical device guru at, at Greenlight Guru? Yeah, oh, great great question. There, there's so much. I, I think the there's really two that pop into my mind when I first think about it. The first one being that I really enjoy helping the customers that are in the same boat I was in, you know, years ago when I was first in the med device world, you know, they have that engineering background and they don't really know much about the med device industry. I really enjoy helping them and, you know, when they're willing to to dive in and they want to they really want to do it right. It's just really enjoyable to work with them and, and to help them, you know, kind of coach them along the way, be that mentor that is in line with some of the mentors I had through growing up through the medical device industry. It's just really rewarding helping them see the benefits of high quality using quality processes, not just how you know you, you seem like you're a paperwork engineer sometimes, helping them to see the benefits of it. And that's really enjoyable for me is helping those people that were in the same shoes I was in. And then the other thing is, it's really neat seeing all the different devices that are out there um, with all the customers we work with. It's it's inspiring. Just, you know, if you look at all the different devices and technology that are in the horizon, it not only gives you hope for, for what's coming, but it, it feels great to help them get it to market quicker as well. And you look at like the opioid crisis. I think I'm working with four or five companies that are approaching this from all different directions. And it's just so cool to see that you know, there's people out there that are dedicating their lives to coming up with these devices that can help other people. So yeah. it, it's just neat seeing all that out there. Yeah, it's really cool. And I, I remember when uh, a few months ago when COVID started, you know, rearing its ugly head and there was, the, you know, everybody was uh, kind of in freak out mode. There were a lot of device companies who pivoted and said, you know, we've got the the expertise and the intel and and ability to do something about it. I think at one point in time, you were working with like two or three different companies who were working on different products for COVID as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely an interesting time. Yeah, I I think, yeah, about three companies, they pivoted and, you know, it's a risk for them to do that. And it was neat, you know, I obviously spent some extra time learning the EUA regulations and different things like that, trying to help them as much as I could. But yeah, that was definitely inspiring to see them take that pivot. Yeah. So, I mean, you talk about being a mentor and and, and helping some of the uh, medical device companies that, that you get to work with. I mean, maybe elaborate a little bit on, 
on that. You know, for those that might be listening who who either are already Greenlight customers or, or maybe looking at Greenlight as a possible solution for, for their company, what types of things does a guru do to, to help mentor and, and, and help companies? Yeah, great question. So I guess some of the things with the companies that come to mind that were in the same boat I was in years back, a lot of them, you know, if they don't have that med device industry experience, uh, we can really, that, that guidance that we can provide, it, it's nice. You know, if you don't necessarily know what is a design input, what, what's the difference between an input and a user need? When should I start on risk management? You know, how do I set up my quality management system to fit 13485? What stages should I approach this in? You know, what, what's the first thing I do? What's the second thing I do? It's a lot of just leading them in the right direction. They want to do the right thing and just helping them to not only comply with the regulations, but to see that there's a lot of quality that can be had by simply following the design and control structure, having a project plan, having a risk plan, teach them about you know, how having planning your verification when you're putting in your design inputs so that your design inputs are written in a way that they can be verified. Things like that, you know, that might go by the wayside when you're just developing a device and you know, you're going through prototyping, helping them see the quality that can be had when you're following these regulations that are out there, I, I think is a lot of what that, that guidance is there for. Yeah. I mean, I remember early on in my career where, well, when I started it's a, and, and that device it was 1998 and the, Quality system regulations were new. I mean, they'd been in place for a couple of years, but the interpretation was still very fuzzy, right? And um, I mean, if you read the regulations today, they're this ostensibly, especially from a design control perspective, exactly the same as what they were back in '98. But you know, everybody was really struggling to understand that. And the, the interesting thing to me is, I, I think that struggle is still there today. Sometimes when when I talk to companies, I th- I think they're they want to be spoon-fed, like, tell me what to do. And, and you hinted at a little bit of that a moment ago. But, you know, a, a lot of this is just getting a, a grasp and an understanding of what these things mean and, and then interpreting them in a way within your company on how you're going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fit, you know, it's, it's almost like there's no one word answer to when people ask you a question one of i I know jessica on our team one of the things she loves to say is it depends (laughs) because it really does differ from situation to situation so that and that's one of the great things about working with the customers is we can hear their story and then help them fit the regulations to their story so that they can comply with those regulations yeah yeah i like what you shared too about you know, when you get into verification and validation, it's important to think about, think ahead about verification and validation when you are defining your user needs and design inputs. I remember a project many, many years ago, probably one of my first projects where I was very proud and confident in my design inputs. And then a few months later, I get into verification and I realized that I kind of painted myself in the corner and made my life a little bit difficult from a verification standpoint. So can you speak to that maybe for a moment? So yeah, I mean, those design inputs, like you were saying, those are really important. It, it helps the engineers know what they're designing to um, so that 
when they go to test it, uh, it's, you know, straightforward. Here's our criteria. And, you know, we have to design something that fits this. And our test then is pretty straightforward at that point. Does what we designed meet that criteria? And that gets into another point too, which is one of my favorite things to, to bring up when talking with customers is, you know, make sure you have those design inputs, spend a lot of time on those, get those solidified early on. Because if you're doing a design without those design inputs in place, your requirements in place, it's a lot harder to know what am I supposed to design to? And then you're going to end up working backwards and spending a lot more time at the end yeah. trying to yeah, modify it. I mean, the other tip I, I uh, offer to people is when you're defining the requirements, sometimes it's okay to, you know, especially if you have, if you can make a crude prototype of some sort, is to, you know, try to think through how you would prove and demonstrate that downstream of verification, maybe run a crude test and, and that can help you start to define, you know, your verification test methods as well. And, and also use that information to help you inform the details of your design input. So it's, it's really kind of this, I know you look at like a FDA design control waterfall diagram and people think that it's a linear thing and it's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're doing it linearly, you probably miss the point. It is a very <laughs> cyclical, agile methodology that, that I think is a very, very important for product developers to realize. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, one more thing with design inputs. This was, this was shared with me early on in my career and it's just, it's stuck with me and I've probably shared it. Um, but if any of my customers are listening to this, they're probably like, oh, here's this again. Design inputs, uh, they're great. It's, it's almost like if you handed these design inputs to someone else, to some other company, they would be able to design something that performed exactly as you want it to. And it might be designed completely differently. It might be a different design, but it's going to perform and output exactly the way you want it to. Yeah. So that's why those design inputs are really important there. For the, Absolutely. With the verification. Yeah. Absolutely. I know you, you, know, you shared some of the op opioid uh, crisis customers and a little bit from the COVID, some of the customers that were working on that, but maybe share a couple of your favorite customer stories. Oh yeah, I, I'd be happy to. I, I got a lot of favorite customers, so this is tough. <laughs> uh, but I think one that that really comes to mind. There's they were one that I started with right when I started at Greenlight. It was they for pretty much onboarding the same time I was onboarding. So it's been a relationship from the beginning. But they're actually new to the med device industry. Really smart bunch of engineers. They are they're incredible. Love talking to them. I get to talk with them every other week. And they're actually they're working on a device that at first they're gonna release as an exercise device. And then once they, you know, make some money with that and can can prove the safety and, and uh, efficiency, effectiveness, then they're gonna release it as a class two device. And what I love about them is from the beginning, they're not waiting to meet the regulations once they decide, okay, now it's time to release it as a class two. From the beginning, they've been developing this, following design controls, following risk management from the beginning so that they're ready when they release it as an exercise device, they could pretty much release it as class two with their QMS and the design controls and risks that they've been, that they've put in place. So they've just been so fun to work with, you know, driven to learn, driven to do it right. It's just 
yeah, it's, it's inspiring and fun to work with them. Yeah. Um, And then uh, another one too, that comes to mind, similar, similar situation, new to the med device industry. They're a real small company. Um, they are from Ohio, so maybe a little bit of bias here. <laughs> but, uh, they're a real small company, and, and you know, I think it's just like a five-person office. They got have one of those like incubator offices or whatever. They're in the same boat. We're really, you know, great group of individuals that are just driven. They're they're on the opioid crisis side of things, where they're developing a, a device that you know can minimize the pain without having to take pills. And you know, I, they, they obviously have electronics in their device. So I spend a decent amount of time talking to them about that as well as, you know, they love just, you know, what about this? What about this side of uh, 1345, you know, purchasing? Can you tell us a little bit about this? You know, we, we have this SOP template that we bought from you, but can you explain why we have to do these things and, and what this all means? And just you know, breaking it down and wanting to learn the why behind all of this, it's really fun talking with them every week or every other week, and you know, really, really helping them with, with their device. So, I think those are those are two of them that really stick out to me that I enjoy. All right, cool. Well, I mean, you've probably mentioned a couple of these things already, as far as like user needs and input and BMV types of things, but you know, from a from your perspective, and, and think about this not only or from a Greenlight Guru customer perspective, but you know a, a lot of folks listening they don't have Greenlight in place, and and they may not have Greenlight in place ever. We hope that they will will reach out to us <laughs> to learn more. But but from regardless of of what a company has from a quality management system, what are some keys that you can provide to their success as a medical device company? Yeah, absolutely. This one, uh, I think it is, I mentioned it even on training calls when we're first onboarding uh, with new customers is, is make sure you do risk early on. I, I can't emphasize that enough, mainly because in my career, it, it wasn't emphasized and it came back to bite us, I don't know how many times. Doing risk early on, it's going to lead to a lot of additional requirements. And so if you wait to the end to do your risk assessment, you'll have requirements thrown in at the end that are going to cost a lot more to put into your device and going to be a lot more painful, a lot more frustrating to design it into your device to mitigate those risks. So doing risk early on when you're at the user need design input stage uh, is probably the biggest (laughs) recommendation I can give. Um, and yeah, we ran into that too many times uh, in my career. So definitely recommend that. Uh, another thing, and this was some advice when I first moved to Indianapolis, where it was a relatively small company, maybe like 100 people um, when I started there. But my boss at the time, he gave me the advice of you know, record and rationalize everything that you do as if you're, you know one day you're going to quit and hand it off to somebody else. That that advice, doing it that way, helps so much. And keeping that in mind when you're designing helps so much. Not only it, with the fact that you know, like me, I didn't have gone somewhere else, um, but when when the auditor came in, uh, for instance, uh, for an example, they asked, you know, why did you guys, you know, you made this change, but you decided not to test to IEC six ten ten again, um, you know how why didn't you test again? 
And we had our rationalization written down. We had a third party article that we had in there, all because of that advice um, that I had taken. And, you know, it's really helpful even when you're just designing it yourself. And, you know, one month you're working on this section of the design, the next month you're working on another section. And then you go back to that first section and you forget why you designed it the way you did. Um, So writing things down, rationalizing it, it's going to help you not only comply with the regulations, but it's going to help you. Um, in your own design later on when you go back to things. It's going to help you when you pass it over to manufacturing. It's going to help you you know, five years down the road when you get some complaints in and someone's wondering why you designed it that way. Um, I think that is a really a key recommendation as well. So, Yeah, absolutely. That's really good, good advice. Yeah, I think you hit on a couple other things that I think are really important with a couple of the customer stories that you shared. And it's it's good to have the two stories that you shared. These are both non or traditionally new to med device. They haven't done this before, but they're open-minded, right? And and they're willing to accept that there are things that they don't know, especially about navigating med device. And they've been open to having you as a mentor and an advisor to them. So I think that's really important for folks too is is realize there are people out here that that have been through a lot of the things that you're about to go through and and realize that those folks are are here to help you and um, you know if, if you want to know more about people who can can help you with that journey you can certainly reach out to Wade or or me or Greenlight Guru we'd be happy to make some connections for you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Wade, as we wrap up our conversation today. Um, the, the last question or thing that I have for you is share something with the, the listeners that about you, the way the human, I mean, I know a lot about you and we, we, uh, we chat every so often. And I know a lot of the things that are going on in your world and some of the things that make you tick, but uh, a lot of folks may not. So um, share something to, with the listeners about you as, as Wade Schroeder, the human being. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, the the first thing that comes to mind is outside of green light, all I do anymore is remodel my house. Um, <laughs> is uh, I, I really do. that. That's something I enjoy. It took the house from, you know, pretty much broke it down to the studs and then uh, rebuilt it and almost done with it. Definitely recommend if anyone else is going to do that, Try to finish it before you get married <laughs> so that uh, <laughs> your wife doesn't get on you about finishing it every day after work. But uh, no, it's fun. And she's really supportive. Um, she, she's been great through all this. But yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed remodeling my house. And, and I, I, could, I could talk forever about that, but I won't bore people with it. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, it seems like one of those moments where you, you could have had... Uh, you could have started a Wade Schroeder uh, DIY home improvement YouTube channel or something. You could have had the video camera rolling through some of that, but you know, <laughs> yeah, the, your, could have been your TLC show, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the the, the old uh, PBS show, This Old House. Do you remember that show? Oh yeah, that's one of my favorites. They got great YouTube videos. <laughs> I know, right? It's so, so maybe you could have been uh, this old house 2020 version. So for the rest of your projects, just keep that in mind. Maybe get a camera and record some of your DIY stuff. So yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I'll have to take a video and uh, share it with some of my team. Maybe even some of my customers would be interested uh, before and after once we finish up here. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty dramatic. So 
yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool that's awesome uh, i i wish i had those skills i I don't. And I thought, well, I got this project I want to work on this weekend. I could call Wade, but then I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, I don't know what he's doing, but I know he's got a project that he's working on at his <laughs> house. So he's probably not going to drive an hour to mine and, and do a project. But anyway. Yeah, I, I'm sure uh, I'd be happy to do it. I think, uh, I don't know if my wife would be too happy. If I maybe, maybe you could be ours, yeah. maybe you could be the mentor and you can you can talk me through it like you do um with some of our customers going through design development there you go i'd, I'd be happy to do that i uh, actually right. did that with my sister the other day so you know I, i'd be happy to do that yeah well and keep 911 on on handy in case uh, i started <laughs> to get into something I, I got over my head but wait i, I appreciate you sharing uh, a little bit about you and being a guru and some of your keys to customer success. And folks, uh, I encourage you, if, if you don't know about Greenlight Guru's medical device quality management system software, then I would encourage you to go to www.greenlight.guru. Uh, you can learn about the medical device QMS uh, solution that we've provided. It, you know, It's exclusive. It's only for the medical device industry, and it's been designed by medical device professionals, people like Wade, people like me were involved with the product design and the new features and the functionality. We're in the application all day, every day. And we bring that medical device expertise to our uh, to the development side of our business and, and make sure that this is always up to date with the latest, greatest thinking. Wade talked about risk. Yeah, risk management is a really important thing. And the green light workflows for risk management will keep you in really great shape. So like I said, go to www.greenlight.guru to learn more about Greenlight Guru's software solution. As always, thank you for being a listener of the Global Medical Device Podcast, the number one podcast in the medical device industry. Share this with your friends and colleagues and uh, tune in here real soon for another exciting episode. As always, this is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear, and you have been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast.